Welcome to our podcast, Hoteliers Hot Topics with the IHG Owners Association. I'm Carly, I work for the association and myself and my colleague John are bringing you this series of podcasts aimed at all IHG hoteliers discussing hot topics in the market. We'll be bringing you key insights from our incredible guests who are all specialists across various markets and roles in the hospitality industry. These podcasts are not staged interviews by any stretch. We will be having genuine, honest, roundtable discussions together, sharing to you golden nuggets of information that you can hopefully take back to your hotels and businesses to assist your future success. We will be sharing visions, best practice and market insights on a variety of topics because as an association, we know that we're better together. So let's get started on today's podcast. In today's session, we will be talking all things careers in hospitality. Through the series, we will be introducing you to a number of influential people in the industry. They will tell you all about how they first joined the hospitality, how their career has evolved through changes in the industry and what their key passions are. Our special guest today is Patrick Deputer and your host is our very own John Stewart, both from the IHG Owners Association. Thank you both for your time today and John, over to you. So, Patrick, thanks very much for joining us today. Really looking forward to the conversation. I think that there's been many times in the last four to six weeks where I didn't think this was going to happen. Um, this is one of our first conversations just around, you know, some of the people in hospitality, sorry, some of our leaders in hospitality. And I just wanted to kind of take a, a bit of a deep dive into some of your background. And you can tell us about some of the, the, the passions that you have. I'd like to kind of kick off with, you know, maybe what was it that initially got you into hospitality? I'm happy to be there, John. And and yes, I ran out of excuses. Even the power cut today didn't help. But I said, happy to be there. I must say it started pretty soon. At the age of 13, I went already to hotel school in Antwerp. And that was after the experience at home going with my father into the wine cellar at the age of 10 and, and, and cooking with my mother on every Sunday and every so often enjoying weekends going to hotels where I, I felt like home every time. So at the age of 13, I went to a hotel school in Antwerp that was very much focused on uh, the, the restaurant part where we went into the details of the service and, and the cooking, all things that I liked. But uh, I thought that wasn't enough. So I continued and I went to Lausanne in Switzerland, which is considered uh, to be one of the top schools in the world for hotel management. Enjoyed uh, my time over there and then started kicking off it, uh, at the Holiday Inn in Brussels Airport in 1976. Yeah, so it sounds like your, your passion came from the, the food and beverage side of the of the, the hospitality business. When did you start having uh, some interactions with the, the room side of the business? Well, right after Lausanne, I, I started to work at the front office in the Montreux Palace in, uh, in Switzerland. If you don't know that hotel, go and visit it once. Absolutely fantastic and, and very famous for the time when there uh, was the, the jazz festival, of course. I learned the true five-star service uh, over there, but I felt that reception was a bit rigid. 
not much possibility for uh, creativity. Well, you can imagine if you work with uh, with invoices, not uh, much possibility to be creative there. After uh, Motri Palace, I went to the Holiday in Brussels airport where I started again at the front office. Uh, and that was after having had uh, a meeting with the general manager who asked me what I wanted. And I told him that I wanted his seat. He made it clear that that wasn't possible immediately and that I had to start to go through the ranks. And front office was the first where I stayed for two years and climbed up to front office manager. But the first opportunity that came around to go back into the food and beverage, that was offered to me and I took it. And I became the assistant food and beverage manager for two years and then moved on to uh, the Holiday Inn in Ghent and became the F&B manager. What I liked most about food and beverage at the time and, and think that these were uh, the, the early or the end of the 70s and the early 80s of the previous century, is that it was exciting, it was uh, creative, lots of innovation at the time uh, in the food and beverage uh, department. And and it was kind of a rule that future general managers uh, came out of the food and beverage department. So uh, because that was my objective to become a general manager, it was clear that I had to go through uh, through that department. It's, it's one of the things I love about hospitality when you start hearing the stories about how so many people will start off, you know, at, at some of the some of the most uh, basic tasks in a hotel and then have the opportunity to work up through the business. It sounds that when you came up through the, the hotel, Patrick, it, it was almost like a different route. You know, if you compare that to now, you would probably think that a lot of the general managers come up through the room side of the business rather than than F and B. Is that something that you see? Absolutely. In in the days that I was the front office manager, the number of room rates were limited to uh, say just three. Uh, we had a rec rate, a corporate rate, and a weekend rate. That was it. There was nothing else. That was how we worked. We had no computers. Uh, everything was done manually. So really different to what it is today. I, I think there's a, a lot more uh, professionalism uh, that has come up. And that started really in, in the 90s, where we could see at, at corporate level more finance people taking the lead other than traditional hotel people. Numbers became more important, statistics became more important, and anal- anal- analytics became more important. A, a totally different way of doing business, uh, certainly to today versus uh, those days. And do you think the, the hospitality business is better for, for that? Or do you think we lose some of the creativity and the flair that, that people tended to develop in their food and beverage careers? Yeah, what has changed tremendously is is the speed uh, of decisions to be taken. Uh, I remember in the days when we had a request for a banquet, uh, if that was responded within the five days, that was great. That was good. Nowadays, if you don't respond in four hours, you may lose the business. So the way we approached the customer, we had more time. It was different. Okay, we did not have the the computers. So yeah, it had to go by correspondence or or telex even in those days. But I I feel that 
Yes, there was more uh, interaction uh, with the customer than there is today. And that is maybe sometimes a pity that we don't have it. it it's what the customer nowadays would uh, see as a plus, having that extra attention, that extra care for their needs. That is certainly a point of attention that we all have. And that comes under pressure. And, and certainly in times like now, where there is uh, pressure upon payrolls, everybody goes to limited staff numbers. We have to make sure that uh, hotel business is not becoming a commodity, but that we keep uh, our true hospitality in high priority. Patrick, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that you know, obviously we've just come through a, a hard couple of years in hospitality and there's quite rightly been a real focus on driving down the, the cost base and kind of automating some of the, the processes. I think, though, that we can't lose sight of the guest and the personalization for that guest and we should use the automated processes to give people more time to do their the personalization and be hospitable to our guests. You know, from there, you, you were as a... You talked about you you were up to a general manager. You know, what did it feel like when you walked in that day that you went to sit in that chair that your the your former boss held? I presume it was a feeling of accomplishment. It it was amazing. I recall my meeting at the time, Holiday and Head Office, uh, in in London, where I met the uh, the top man of Europe. And the moment he said, okay, you got it, uh, I felt absolutely, well, uh, you're in the sky, absolutely. I I was 28 uh, at the time, uh, the the youngest uh, GM of Holidays in in Europe. Uh, But then, of course, uh, you're quickly down to earth when you go back to the mines and and, and start working. The challenges were significant. But I enjoyed it. It, That was exactly what I wanted. I I needed the challenge. I needed to to go for my objectives. Uh, At the time, that was a good running hotel. So the first uh, objective was, how can we extend this hotel? And it was great to see that uh, at the time, Holiday Inn gave me the opportunity uh, immediately to do an extension uh, to the hotel. And, And that is where I learned that not only operations is exciting, but also building and developing is is very exciting. It sounds like up until now you've had the, the kind of the twenty eight. You're kind of leading into the perfect career. If I speak to any general managers now, they kind of kind of talk about ticking off those boxes, including development extensions and uh, you know growing the hotel. I suppose at, at that stage you had the opportunity to to manage more than than one property, and you had overviews of other properties at a corporate level. Yeah, it started off with one, uh, and then I joined a Belgian company that wanted to invest into hotels. So I became part of a of a franchise company, which was again completely different because until then I all always worked for company managed. And then suddenly as a franchisee, you look at things uh, pretty differently. Uh, the, the bottom line is really important because it, it, it gives the opportunity to, uh, to develop. And that was the reason why I joined uh, that group. 
And the saying was the day that you work 25 hours, that's the time you need somebody else. <laughs> it was nearly literally that. So we started with one very quickly, a second and a third, and you roll from one into another until a time you see, whoops, this is becoming too big and I need uh, more people around me. And then you start building a team and the, the higher you go, the more you realize that you need an extremely strong team around you that not only supports, but that pushes you further to to the next level, being a position or more hotels. Yeah, and you, you kind of touched upon something there that we'll, we'll probably come on to later about the, the difference between a, a kind of working in a managed hotel and a, a franchise hotel. Can you elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, it, it is significantly different working uh, with franchisees. The, the, the sense that I had at the time was certainly that there is far more attention to the detail. As, as a CEO later on, for for years and years, I had my monthly PL meetings with the general managers, and we went over the PL line by line every month. Not only I wanted them to understand the PL, but I wanted to understand what and to see through the PL what was happening in their hotels without even being there. Today I think I can read through a PL of what is happening in a hotel on, on, on the commercial side or on the cost side or on the people side. There's a lot you can read through the numbers. And of course, uh, getting then the additional information from the gentleman just makes the picture complete. This is something that I had not experienced previously. I'm not saying that it's not there today with CMH hotels. It might very well be. But in those days, that was an immediate, uh, an immediate difference. Yeah, I mean, I, originally I'm from a finance background, so I'm always fascinated by the the way you can look at a, a, a PNL and you see some of the analytical personality of a hotel and how similar sized hotels can be very different just by location, geography, etc. Um, so you 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 spent. A fair amount of time with as a you know CEO of managing a number of branded hotels, um, probably about f- 15, 16 years, which is, is yeah, a, is a long close. time. <laughs> so where, where, when did when did it strike you that you wanted a new challenge? Well, when you're CEO um, and you've survived three sales, so my company was uh, sold three times and we survived three times with the whole management team, which in itself is, I think, an achievement because usually when there is a sale, uh, the the first people go is the CEO and, 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 and his team. But after a while, and certainly if you're in a position where you don't grow anymore as a company for for multiple reasons. Things become always the same. And, and I absolutely needed innovation. I needed creativity. I needed growth, new things, not not getting into the drag of the daily same. And, and at a certain moment uh, in the morning, I felt that, okay, I needed to do something differently. At the time, I was the chair of the uh, European Council, 
And uh, I thought, well, let me maybe take back a step as the CEO, start my own business as consultant. And that is what I did. And then that, I, I kind of, you, you mentioned earlier about the difference between the kind of the, the managed estate and the, the franchise estate. As the chair of the owners' association, what did you know, what was your initial thoughts? What were your your strategies that you wanted to implement back then? When I became the chair of the ERC, I was lucky enough to succeed two chairs previous to me that had gone already in the direction of more engagements and and collaboration with IG. The association at the time was not really popular, and I'm talking now uh, the, 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 before 2010, was really popular with, um, with IG uh, in the sense that it was known as you go to the meeting and there's hammering and, well, that wasn't the way that I wanted to work. I wanted to work with win-win situations and in our case, win-win-win, uh, meaning IG, uh, the OA and, and the customer or the owner in, in our uh, wording. I am I'm a firm believer that through communication, collaboration and engagement, you get a lot further than just hammering on the table. I believe that you need to have a clear path. Uh, We call that a strategy or an activity plan that will lead you somewhere. And all of that in the early days of the uh, 08, that was a bit missing. There was a lot of extremely good intent, uh, but too much ad hoc. And, And I was pleased to be able to work uh, on the success of the previous chairs going into more of the way that, well, more strategic and and more engaged with, with owners and IG. And I, you know, I fully appreciate that, Patrick. I think that I certainly have heard some of the legendary stories about how uh, cantankerous some of those meetings were at the time before we we, we tried to align uh, and strategically align ourselves with ISG to 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 move the conversation on. You know, you during that time you also had your your own consulting business. Is is there any kind of highlights there you'd like to share? Yeah, the the intent when I stepped down as CEO was to retire a little bit. Now that plan failed miserably uh, because, yes, I went into consulting and two days after uh, people heard that I stepped down, uh, the calls came in from uh, developers and banks and and hotel owners. Uh, I'm very pleased that I'm still connected to owners and and developers and I'm I'm still able to uh, work on on projects. It keeps me very much uh, linked to what is happening, uh, not only from an association side, but from a truly operational side from owners, talking to them, seeing what's happening in the operations, working on on projects uh, gives me the opportunity then to do feasibilities, which opens up again a new world. Uh, It's really exciting to to work on on, on new projects. And and, and sometimes you, you have to come up in a feasibility with the end result that is not what a developer likes to see. But that's the advantage that I have is that Today, I can afford to say, if I don't believe in it, 
well, then I just say it. I, I don't have to live from it. I can, I can bring up my, I can use my experience and, and, and give the truth to an, an owner or, or a developer just to make sure that whatever hotel project is, is, is being built, that it will be most probably be a success. And I suppose the, that consulting part of the business will certainly help your role with the owners association to you know, fully understand where the owner's coming from and be able to represent them as they, they go forward. And I've seen you passionately uh, you know, defend the owners in, in various meetings. Yeah, I wanted to say that because that is absolutely true what you said there. Uh, I believe my role in the association is to to listen uh, to the owners and to be able to understand and translate their concerns. I am connected on, on a daily basis with them, being a member of the association or outside of that. And it, it offers me the opportunity to, to talk to uh, IG and bring opportunities, not only concerns, but also opportunities forward to the benefit of all parties, uh, because I understand what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. If I, you know, we, it's a kind of a, a long and illustrious career, Patrick. I certainly didn't realize that you'd be quite as long in the business as you have been. If I was to take you back, what would be the the bit that your, of your career that you would look most fondly on? To be honest, uh, John, I think every part, starting in, in, in 1976 uh, at the time in, in Brussels, a, a world opened to me. Uh, until then, it was all national, but then joining Holiday Inn, it became international. I was able to go to, to Memphis, to the Holiday Inn University. In those days, you went for three weeks for a training. I can assure you that is, that is giving an impact on, on, on what you do. Every position uh, I enjoyed. I always looked for the opportunity, not the problem. Uh, I think every problem is, is the base for an opportunity. Uh, remain positive all the time. But I must say, I, I truly enjoyed the, the, last, the last number of years in, in the association because I believe we have made a difference. Uh, if, if we look at 2020, where... It was all about uh, survival and in 2021, a uh, recovery. That is not only for the hotels. That was also the case, I believe, for uh, the association. If we would not have been professional, structured, but also in our way of working in 2020, the risk would have been that we would have lost all credibility and all confidence from the owners. Um, the fact that we are here today and that we see our membership growing again to the numbers as they were in 2019, pre-pandemic, tells me that somewhere down the line in those past two years, we've done the right thing. And that, I think, is, is absolutely great. Um, it, it, it's been a teamwork uh, to get where we are today. And, and I'm looking forward to expand it even more to uh, other parts uh, in the world. As you know, uh, we are already active in Australia and Africa, hopefully uh, very soon in, in the Middle East. 
to be uh, the true representative of uh, all IG hotel owners outside the US. That would be would be absolutely fantastic. What's really clear is listening to your passion and how you've enjoyed working in hospitality at all levels. And I think that from my knowledge of the business, there's not many roles that you haven't undertaken, whether it be on property or, or off property. The one thing, Patrick, we haven't really spoken about is you, you've got passions out with uh, hotels. Um, would you like to share some of those, please? <laughs> you caught you caught me there, yeah. I, I, when we spoke about that, I, I was thinking about this goes way back. My father had an ashtray, and in the ashtray was engraved that the best things in life are horses, women, and wine. Now, if that is true, then I'm very fortunate to say that I've got all three of them. I'm a, I'm, I'm a very, very passionate horse rider, uh, did some competition, still ride three, four times a week. Uh, I've got a lovely wife and a daughter, and I'm very passionate uh, about wine, and uh, in particular, the, the Red Bordeaux. So I'm investing in that, and not only investing, having a good red, <laughs> a glass of red wine once in a while. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were joking about that before we came on the podcast, that we should be doing this with a glass of red in our hands. Patrick, I, <laughs> it's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, I do wholeheartedly mean when I, you only see snapshots of people when you, you introduce to them uh, in a moment in time, and you don't fully realise the kind of the career uh, that they've had, some of the challenges they've overcome. And it's, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure too. Thank you so much. So that wraps up today's session. Firstly, we want to thank you for listening. We really hope that you found today thought-provoking and useful to you. If you did, we would love for you to share this content with others that you think will find it useful too. You can leave us a rating and feedback or subscribe to hear the next episode, which will be coming your way very soon. Finally, if you are an IHG franchisee, you can head over to owners.org for more information or log into our member centre where you will find supporting information and additional tools and resources to help support your businesses. Thanks again from your host, John, and myself, Carly, and we look forward to seeing you next time.